Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment, you're nailing it, and the next, you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. So today we're going to be talking about how to manage our triggers during stressful times. Now, I know a lot of us are experiencing really really heightened levels of stress right now. Um, And I want to share with you kind of why you are reacting the way you are to that, why maybe you're yelling at your kids or your partner more, um, and why you're being more reactive rather than responding in the way that you uh, normally would, uh, and then how to get you um, feeling better, feeling more grounded, more stable, and kind of come back to yourself. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about why you are feeling so stressed and so triggered right now. I've been hearing from lots of parents um, and many moms in particular who are yelling um, and losing their cool more often than they normally do. And so today I wanna talk about why that is and how you can feel more grounded and settled, um, how you can come back to your parenting goals even amidst all of this stress. And the stress right now is real. And so this is one of the things in parenting, in peaceful parenting, we often, when we get triggered, um, our brains got like turn off the more higher order functioning of our brains turns off and we start getting run by our um, sympathetic nervous system and our um, amygdala and kind of those ancient parts of our brains those parts get turned on and they run on autopilot and that's for a reason so the those parts of our brains are what keep us safe when we're being chased by a bear or a saber-toothed tiger um, or when our lives are in danger or we're at risk. Um, And the thing is, is that our ancient brain isn't very good at determining when we are actually at risk and when we're not. And so normally, in normal circumstances, when we're not living in a pandemic, um, we use phrases like, this is not an emergency, kind of affirmations that ground us in the present moment um, so that we can turn off that fight or flight system and get back to our rational thinking brain where we can respond instead of reacting. Because when we are triggered, when we are in our kind of animal old primal brain, we react instead of respond. And that's for a reason. It's so that we can kind of move on our feet and we're just kind of run by instinct and we're run by old scripts too. So we say things, the things that come out of our mouth are old scripts. They're based on old patterns, old habits, things that we learned and that were programmed into us when we were 
were little and we were tiny. Um, and we've been carrying them with us and kind of saying them habitually to ourselves and out loud um, over and over again. And so they're these deeply ingrained scripts that our brains fall back on when uh, we're just triggered or when we're highly stressed because we are efficient beings. Our brains are primed for efficiency, especially when we are um, under duress, when we're stressed and we're in danger. And normally, during normal circumstances, it can be really helpful to ground yourself in the present moment and say that what's happening right now is not an actual emergency. No one's life is at risk. Nothing of this is actually going to hurt us or you know, keep us from feeling safe um, and connected. Um, we, and we can calm down. But the thing is, is that right now, we are in an emergency. And that's why it's so hard in this moment in time. That's why it is so freaking hard to ground yourself and to feel centered and to feel safe because we aren't safe right now. There's realities that re like we are in a health emergency, a crisis, and it's chaotic and it's worldwide. And we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know you know, we, there's things we can do to keep ourselves and our family safe, but we don't know. We So much of this is outside of our control. And we have so many worries, so many stressors that are piling up right now. And human beings do not do well under a pileup of stressors. There's so much research on this piece of things that when we have one, maybe two stressors that are happening at the same time, we can cope with and manage that pretty well. But when we have three, four, five, six, and they get stacked up, we crumble. Where our brains are not built to handle that, we're not built to live under that amount of chronic stress and anxiety and fear. And so our higher order brains turn off and our animal brains try to get us out of the situation, try to just make it stop. And that's when we yell at our kids in a way that is completely not us as parents. It's outside of our goals. It's outside of what we want for our parenting. It's not the conscious, peaceful, loving, compassionate person that we normally are with them. And we start showing up in our lives with our parent or with our kids, with our loved ones, with our partners in ways that aren't true to us. And so today I wanna help you get back to yourself. I'm gonna give you some practices that you can do that you can put into place right now to switch off your sympathetic nervous system and turn back on your parasympathetic nervous system, the one that makes you feel calm and soothed and in control. That's where we wanna be right now. And right now, like, I, I mean, I've been even hearing from so many moms that they can't focus on the day-to-day -day tasks that they're used to doing. And that's because when we are under chronic stress, our brain turns off our rational thinking, our language centers. We can't think of what to say. We can't come up with a conscious response because we, our bodies are forcing us to move and act unconsciously. So the first thing I want to do is get you back into your parasympathetic nervous system and so that you can really feel calm and grounded and in control. And so I want to share with you some resources to get you there. So the first resource that I want to share with you today is the website where I go to get all of my compassion-based mindfulness uh, exercises and meditations. This website is run by my favorite mindfulness researcher, Dr. Kristen Neff, who I have a bit of a research crush on, and she has lots of great resources for free.
I will put the website in the show notes for this episode, but just in case uh, you want to check it out before you get to the show notes, it's self-compassion.org. You should go there, and when you get there, you can click on exercises, and there are a number of free guided meditations um, in varying lengths um, and some journaling exercises that you can do. Uh, All of those are proven through scads and scads of research to one, get you back into your parasympathetic nervous system, get you back into feeling calm and get these higher order processes in your brain, your language centers, your um, processing abilities, all of those things back online so that you can really be conscious and be yourself, your true core self. But they're also proven to make you be more compassionate towards yourself and towards others as an automatic process. So this is the other thing that I wanted to share with you today is that we need to be re-scripting our automatic thoughts and our automatic things that come out of our mouths, our automatic scripts that, uh, kind of come out in stressful moments. And that's one thing that the self-compassion based meditations and mindfulness exercises can give to you. They're proven to re-script the way you talked to yourself and to re kind of shift the lens through which you view the world. Shifting to viewing the world through a lens of compassion, where your go-to is not one of conflict or threat, but your go-to lens is one of compassion, can radically change the way you interpret the events that are happening around you. So that when your kids are bickering with each other or your husband is eating granola really loudly in your ear, you don't just snap off at them. You are viewing that all through this lens of compassion. So I would really want to um, have you mindfully and intentionally and purposefully develop a practice. If you already have a meditation practice, great. Start incorporating things like loving kindness or um, healing, um, loving, gentle touch um, to your practice. Um, I think shifting into a compassion-based practice right now would be the best thing you can do. Um, If you don't, this is the perfect time and it does not take hours a day. You can do it for five minutes. I do it in the shower while I'm washing my hair. Um, I also do it while I'm like driving and stopped at a stoplight. I do it um, when I have a few quiet moments instead of picking up my phone and scrolling. I just do a loving kindness meditation and they're super easy to do in just the short amount of time you do uh, that you do have that you can find. And so really mindfully and intentionally calling those practices in right now, developing those practices as a habit um, will be super helpful for you. Um, one, in in the moment, getting you back to your parasympathetic nervous system, back to yourself, back to feeling safe and centered, um, but then also outside of those moments so that you can build that habitual script and build that lens so that you can view your partners and your kids through a lens of compassion and view yourself that way too. Um, so the other thing that you can do to work on rescripting is to work with some um, cognitive behavioral therapy based practices. So in the show notes of this podcast, I put a link to my workbook on um, that will help you recover from yelling incidences. So the goal for that workbook is for you to um, maybe print it out or pull it up on your phone and go through each of the steps every single time you lose it with your kids. 
every single time, not one out of five, not two out of five, every single time. Take a minute to go through it. It will help you get clear on what you were thinking during the time when you lost it. It will help you get clear on how those thoughts led you to feel certain ways and that how those feelings led you to act in certain ways. And if we wanna change our actions, we have to change the way we feel. And if we wanna change the way we feel, we have to change the way we think. And so this work about targets, those automatic thoughts that run through your head that set you up for failure. We're gonna change those thoughts. We're gonna re-script them and get you onto a different trajectory with your kids. Um, and so I, in that workbook, I help you figure out what your replacement thoughts are going to be. And then I also walk you through the repair process so that every single time you lose it with your kids, you're also repairing. Because losing it with our kids, yelling at them, all that means it does not mean you're a bad mom or a bad dad, or um, it doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that you suck. All it means is that you're human and you made a mistake. And now, instead of having the opportunity to regulate in the moment and show your kids your best self, now you have the chance to show them that you're human and that you made a mistake and how to repair when you do that. And that in and of itself is an incredibly valuable lesson, an incredibly, I mean, just a gift to offer to your kids. The let them see you be vulnerable. Let them hear your regret. Let them take to heart that we all make mistakes. And even when we make mistakes, we deserve to be kind and gracious with ourselves and that we can ask for forgiveness and we can promise to do better. We can promise that we are going to work to do better. Let them see you filling out that workbook. Let them see you make that effort, okay? Um, and let them see you practicing these mindfulness exercises and invite them in too. So when you sign up with for that workbook, um, in the second email that I send, I'm also going to be sending you my um, self-compassion for imperfect families meditation. Uh, so you'll get that in your email too. As just as a bonus, I'm giving it away because I think it's so important. It's just five minutes long and your kids can do it with you. My kids helped me write it. Um, we wrote it after um, a fight between my two kids um, and they helped me come up with things that they think kids would like to know about um, after they've made a mistake or they've had a fight with their sister or whatever. So you'll get that with the workbook. I hope you download it. Another practice that you can use to soothe yourself and feel like you're more in control of what's happening right now. So I take a, a piece of paper that is a pleasing color to me because I like bright colored paper. And I fold it in half. And on the inside, I write um, things I can control um, on one side and then things I can't control on the other side, and I list them. I list what, where I have power, what I can control, um, and I list what I can't control. And offloading that list, and it, you, you don't just do it one time, do it every day to remind you, to keep it top of mind where your power is and what you can't control, what you can let go of, comfortably let go of. Um, so do this every day if you need to. Have a journal where you do it. And if we're on the top, you're going to write things I can control, then things I can't control. And then down here, you're going to write your intentions, what you want for this day, for this time period, um, for what's going on. So you can get really clear on what, what you want. You're going to write that here. And then you're going to write here things you can say to yourself 
um, to bring yourself back to those intentions. Um, these are kind of like affirmations and affirmations work can work really well in that re-scripting process. And they work because our brains, again, like efficiency. And so if we've been thinking things for the same thing over and over again for our whole lives, like, um, let's see, um, kids who yell at their moms are spoiled brats. Like if that's a script that we have over and over again, um, and then our kids yell at us, that's a trigger. That makes us think that, you know, that they're yelling at us, they're bad kids, and we get into this place, we get into this thought spiral that takes us down the path of yelling, which likely maybe is what happened to us as young kids, right? And so there's an element of this that is just habitual. It's just neurons firing because they always fired together. The thoughts that, um, you know, neurons that have like fire together, wire together, and they make these really strong neural grooves in our brains. And so if we are going to change those grooves, we have got to mindfully and intentionally change the way we're thinking habitually over and over again. We need to make those new neurons, a new neural path, a new neural groove. And we do that by firing those together over and over and over again. And that's how affirmations work. That's how writing out what you can say to yourself works because you write it out and then you say it to yourself 10 times out loud, maybe 10 times in the evening, maybe as you're washing your hair. Um, these things are self-care. Okay. So like this is, this is what self-care is. And, um, okay. So then the other thing that I wanted to share with you today, um, I feel like this is going a lot longer than my normal ones do. Um, but it's okay. This is important stuff. Okay. So, um, we have covered about why we're so stressed right now, why we're having more and more triggers happening, um, and why when we are triggered, we're not as able to use the tools that we normally can, um, just because this is, is an actual emergency that we're living through right now. Um, and then we've also, we've talked about kind of how to soothe that, how to come back to ourselves. Um, and we've been talking about how to re-script our thinking. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about today is around boundaries. And I see boundaries as the most essential, non-negotiable form of self-care that you can have. I mean, I, I love taking warm, long Epsom salt baths. I love doing yoga. I really know that meditating is something, is a self-care practice that recenters me and grounds me. But boundaries are the most important thing that you can do to keep yourself protected and safe and feeling centered and grounded in your goals and um, in your values in terms of parenting. Okay, hear me out. This is a really hard time. We are being asked to do something right now as human parents that the human species has never been asked to do before. We, we are a collective social being. We are we're, we evolved together in communities, supporting each other. We are not supposed to be doing this alone. And I've been saying this long before coronavirus like was a problem. Like it, this, it's just even more true now. We are not supposed to do this alone. And now we are isolated and closed in and living in co close quarters and under huge amounts of stress, being asked to take on way more roles than our already full plate <laughs> has. So yes, they, there is, it's this hard for a reason. It's hard because it is hard. Um, and I'm hoping that some of these practices will help it be better. Okay, so let's get back to boundaries because boundaries, setting boundaries with the people that you love 
um, and for yourself are hugely important. So I like talking about two forms of boundaries, exterior boundaries and interior or internal boundaries. So external boundaries are the boundaries that we set with the people that we love or the boundaries that we put in place in our kind of exterior or physical world that keep us feeling grounded and safe. So a uh, boundary with, that I currently have that's keeping me um, feeling safe and calm and centered is that my husband and I have agreed that our bedroom, our bed specifically, is a coronavirus-free zone. We don't look on our phones um, in bed looking at statistics or news. We don't talk about things. If And we're being really firm with this boundary. If someone brings something up, we're saying coronavirus-free zone. <laughs> you know, we're really firmly holding that boundary so that our bed, the place where we connect, where we relax, feels safe, okay? So that's one form of an external boundary. Another one would be limiting the time that you spend reading news reports or limiting the time that you spend on Facebook or um, looking through and scrolling through Instagram or Pinterest, really firming up those boundaries. Another one would be um, like if you have a loved one, maybe a grandparent or a parent-in-law who is begging to come and see the kids, who is asking, you know, to, um, to kind of break social distancing, physical distancing and come into your space or have your kids come into their space, um, setting firm boundaries with them. No, I can't even, I won't even discuss this with you anymore. So when you ask me, I'm just going to respond to some other part of your message. Um, I, and you can do this with love and compassion. Another one that's really important right now for parents is setting boundaries with our kids. So the, it is hard to do and we are on all the time right now as parents. The only time we're not being needed by somebody is when our kids are asleep. Um, and often parents who are working are then going to work where we're needed by our work um, colleagues, right? After the kids are in bed. So um, having firm boundaries with your kids and unapologetically, but compassionately and kindly holding those boundaries. Like we can't, I, I love play. I think play is a beautiful thing, way to partner with your child, help them process um, and connect with your kids. But we can't play with our kids 24 seven an hour, you know, 24 seven, like seven days a week. Like that's not okay. That's not honoring our, our own needs as a person, as an individual. And I would argue that if we are playing with our kids when we don't really want to, we are doing a disservice to them um, because that has the tendency to build resentment. Um, and we're also not giving our full presence to them. We're not, um, we're not giving our full selves and they can sense that they know when we're distracted, they know when we're doing it, but we don't really want to. And is that really what we want them to learn about intimate relationships? Because we are their first intimate, close, loving relationship, and they are learning how to be with someone by being with us. And so if we are kind of going, you know, playing half-heartedly or snuggling in a way that maybe is like we're touched out and we're feeling resentful about having to snuggle right then, then they learn that that's what healthy love looks like.
And it's not, that's not what I want for my kids. I don't want them to be, go into a partnership and think that, um, that they just have to snuggle with someone when they don't really want to, or they have to be loving with someone when they don't really feel loving right then. Um, I want my girls to have firm boundaries with that. I want them to know that they are worthy of someone's full time and attention. And I want them to be okay with others setting boundaries with them understanding like, hey, everybody's got their own needs and they have the right to get those needs met. So holding a firm boundary with your kids on things like play and snuggling and touch, you know, touching or kind of time and attention is one of the most beautiful ways that you can model for them what a healthy boundary looks like. Now, of course, as parents, sometimes we have to put our own wants and needs to the side for our kids. Um, that's just how it is sometimes. But it can't be that way all the time. It can't. It has to, at some point, like something's got to give. And I don't want you guys getting to that point. I want you, and and that is why you're yelling. That's why, that's another piece that raises your stress level up to here. And so that the, you know, the first fight of the day when your kids roll out of bed bickering, you want to scream, shut up and close, shut, like shut the door and stay and hide in your room. It's because those things are because you are not holding the boundaries that you need and you're not being authentic with your kids. So if you want to build an authentic relationship with your child, at some point you do have to hold those boundaries. You have to say, honey, I, I love playing with you, but I am not up for it right now. Right now, all I have in me is to sit down and drink this cup of coffee. That's all I've got to give right now and they don't have to like it. This is a beautiful chance for them to learn the power of someone's autonomy and learn to cope with someone not always meeting our needs, or are not necessarily our needs, but our wants. Um, and having those higher, that um, hierarchy of needs, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So if they're really hungry and they haven't eaten in three hours and they're asking you for food, their need, their hunger, their need for food is higher than your need for re relaxation. But if they are well fed, all of their physical needs are taken care of and they are asking you to play with them, which is a creative, um, I wish I had a picture of Maslow's hierarchy of need. So the higher, like the, um, the base of the pyramid is like your basic physical needs and then it moves up and at the top is creativity, which is where play um, happens. Um, your basic need for rest or taking care of yourself does not, you know, is, is not superseded by their need for creativity. You can confidently say, you know, I love painting with you. I do. I, I just, I can't paint right now. I really need to take a break. Um, and they don't have to like it. They can have all of their feelings and you can be compassionate. Oh, I know that's hard. It's hard to hear me say no. Oh yeah. Yeah. You really wish that I could play with you right now. Or you really, I mean, you were, had this idea in your mind and you thought it was going to go some way. And now I'm saying no, that I can't. That's really hard. So you can be compassionate. You can all while holding that boundary. And then the other piece of boundaries that I want to talk to you about today is your internal boundaries. This is what you let in, what you let land on you. Um, so when, we're, you know, we're talking about having a, you know, an external boundary around like scrolling through your phone or reading news articles that yes, limit your time on those devices, limit your time, it kind of let, 
letting that information come in. But when you are reading it, you can also have an internal boundary that doesn't let those things land on you and increase your anxiety. So you can be really firm with yourself of, I, you know, I, why am I reading this? Why am I reading this news article? I need to know the, you know, how many cases are in happening in my county right now. Or I need to know these, you know, the new rules maybe that have just come out. Okay, so I'm going to read that in order to gain information, but I am not going to let it get into my heart or into my mind and increase my anxiety, panic, and fear that I'm feeling right now. And so you have really firm boundaries, almost like you have this like shield, um, like in the Death Star, you know, um, in Star Wars, the Death Star has that shield around it. Um, you need to put that shield around you and only let in the things that serve you, the things that bring you up to your level of um, your parenting goals, that kind of bring you back to your higher purpose. Um, and the things that don't, they just bounce right off of you. You don't let them land. Um, and that's easier said than done. And it certainly is easier when you're taking really good care of yourself. Um, but this is part of taking good care of yourself. So boundaries, um, setting them and holding them allow you to have more space and time for those other things that keep you feeling grounded and centered and safe. And they, it's like this cycle, this circle. So when you're stuck in worry and panic and fear, you're on this downward spiral. But when you start holding boundaries and you start taking care of yourself, you get yourself up on this upward spike spiral that allows you to be the parent that you're longing to be that you know is within you. And then the other, like the last parting message I want you to know is that, so one of the things that um, one of my mentors says a lot, um, Dr. Ross Green, um, he says that kids do well when they can. Um, and I, one of the guiding philosophies of that model is that that doesn't just apply to kids. It applies to all of us. So right now, we are all doing the best that we can. Parents do well when they can too. And when we're not doing well, we have to own it and take the steps that we need to take in order to be doing well again. And maybe that means your kid's schoolwork doesn't get done today. Maybe that means you request some additional leave from your work so that you can take more better care of yourself and your family right now. Maybe that means you get vulnerable with your partner and say, I am not coping well and I need help right now. And I need help in these specific ways. And I know you love me and I know you're gonna support me in getting the help that I need. Um, whatever it is, you getting getting to that place is so important right now recognizing that we're not doing well um, and taking the steps we need to take to get to a better place but also being okay with the fact that we're not perfect um, and that good enough parenting in in general the vast like majority of research on child development and parenting tells us um, like meta studies tell us that, Good enough parenting is where it's at. We want this sweet spot. We don't need to be perfect parents. We don't, you know, we don't want to be abusive parents. We want to be right there in that middle, that sweet spot of good enough, okay? And that sometimes is the best you can do and it's the most you can ask of yourselves. So offer yourself tons and tons of compassion, but also take these steps to make things a little bit easier on yourself right now. And I know you don't need more things on your to-do list and that's part of 
setting your intentions and prioritizing. Take the things that aren't in line with your intentions for this time for your family. Take those things off your to-do list. Don't do them. If Don't wash your toilets if that makes you crazy and stresses you out. If having clean toilets makes you feel fulfilled and ha- like happy and is a really tangible way for you to manage stress, then freaking scrub your toilets every day if you need to. What like but no, and do it intentionally and mindfully and give yourself the permission that you need to do those things that are going to make you be able to be more soothed, more centered, more yourself. Um, okay. Whew. That's what I wanted to share today. I hope it was helpful. I hope that you go and you download my workbook um, so that you can recover from yelling. I named it this because it's something that you can do that's based in science um, that will help you stop yelling for good. Um, Yelling at your kids is not something you can just say, I'm never going to do it again, and you won't ever do it again. Um, You can't just will yourself to stop doing it to your kids and to yourself um, or to your partner. You, this is not a matter of willpower. There are active steps that you can take to make it less and less likely that you're going to yell again. And you can get to the place where you hardly ever lose it with your kids. I'm there right now and it's wonderful and it's beautiful, but it's hard and it's much harder right now in this time with all of this stress um, that's happening. Uh, And so these steps, you know, developing a mindfulness practice, hopefully one that's based in compassion, because it's proven to not only get you more in touch with your parasympathetic nervous system to turn that nervous system, that part of your nervous system on, but it's also proven to help you view the world from a more compassionate place um, and helps you re-script your thoughts, um, really get clear on what your thoughts are, those automatic thoughts that are sending you down to a, into the yelling path and start re-scripting them because when you think differently, you feel differently and then you act differently. Um, and all of that is in my workbook. And then um, really taking to heart how important boundaries are. And people don't have to like your boundaries. They adult, you know, your partner doesn't have to like your boundaries. Your kids don't have to like your boundaries and you can still hold them firmly with love and compassion um, and kind of let the storm of what happens afterwards wash over you knowing that they can, they can accept this. They, they can, they can feel their feelings and then they'll come to accept it. Um, And it's hard and you can make sure that the boundaries that you're setting are within reason and are developmentally appropriate. Um, But, but you hold that boundary, you hold it firmly and and honor it, honor yourself with it. That, I mean, that's really what boundaries are. They're about honoring ourselves and our needs um, and asking others to honor those needs as well. Um, and that's a beautiful thing to model for your kids and a beautiful thing to give them a chance to practice with because there are times when there are grownups where they are going to need to hold boundaries themselves that other people don't like and they're going to need to accept that others boundaries that they don't like. And so it's all just, it's all good practice, all good modeling for them. Um, And it lets you have a more real, authentic and deeply connected relationship with them. Because when we are holding boundaries that are true to ourselves, then we are able to actually show up as our true authentic selves with our kids and with our partners. And that is where deep, loving, intimate relationships are formed. Um, That's the only thing that allows them to be possible. 
Okay, I think that that's it. Uh, have a really good day. I hope that you take some of this to heart. I hope that it helps you set better boundaries for yourself and hold them with love and compassion. Um, and I hope that things start going more smoothly for you um, as we ride this out together. All right, that's it for this episode. But before you leave, I just want to issue you a open, welcoming invitation to join my Balanced Parenting community on Facebook. The link is in the show notes and in the description of this episode. That community is over 2,000 strong and it's filled with parents and families who are just like you, who are looking for more balance and more support in finding that balance in their families. Every day I answer questions related to limit setting, child development, relationships, and all sorts of ones around how to take care of yourself in the midst of parenting. I hope that if you are looking for more support, you will join me in that group. And if you're finding this podcast helpful, if you're loving the information, if you want others to find this podcast, I would love to invite you to subscribe and leave a review here in iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on. The reviews help others find podcasts that uh, will help support them. And the more folks who find this podcast, the bigger our community can grow and the more impactful this movement that we're creating together will be. So I hope that you will leave a review. Let me know what topics you're finding helpful, what you want to see more of, and always don't hesitate to reach out to me in Messenger or in my direct messages or um, on email. All right, that's it for now. You guys keep taking good care of each other and yourselves. And remember, balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You got this.